Reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 8, Text 36. Shinvanti Gayanti Grinantya Bhikshnasa Maranti Nandanti Tavehitanjana Maranti Nandanti Tavehitanjana Ta Eva Pashyanti Yachire Natavaka Hava Pravaha Uparamam Padam Bujam Hava Pravaha Uparamam Padam Bujam Shinvanti Gayanti Grinantya Bhikshnasa Maranti Nandanti Tavehi Tanjana Taeva Pashyant Yachire Natavakam Pava Pravaho Paraman Pudam 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 
Shrinvanti Gayanti Grinantya Bhikshnasaha Smaranti Nandanti Tavehitam Janaha Taeva Bhashyantya Chirena Tavakam Bhava Pravaho Paramang Pudam Bhujam Vanti, oh sorry, where you gonna go? Okay, go ahead. Vanti, Vinanti, a big shasana. Vanti, Nandanti, Tavitanjana. Vanti, 
Shminvanti year Gayanti chant Grinanti take Abhikshnashaha continuously Smaranti remember Nandanti take pleasure Tava your Itam activities Jana people in general Te they Eva certainly Pashyanti can see Achirena very soon Tavakam your Bhava Prabhaha. The current of rebirth. Current, like a wave current. Uparamam. Cessation. Pada Ambujam. Lotus feet. Translation and purport by His Divine Grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. O Krishna, those who continuously hear, chant, and repeat your transcendental activities or take pleasure in others doing so, certainly see your lotus feet, which alone can stop the repetition of birth and death. The Supreme Lord Sri Krishna cannot be seen by our present conditional vision. In order to see him, one has to change his present vision by developing a different condition of life, full of spontaneous love of Godhead. When Sri Krishna was personally present on the face of the globe, Not everyone could see him as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Materialists like Ravana, Hiranyakashipu, Kamsa, Jarasandha, and Shishupal were highly qualified personalities by acquisition of material assets. They were very wealthy, very rich and powerful men. But they were unable to appreciate the presence of the Lord. Therefore, even though the Lord may be present before our eyes, it is not possible to see him unless we have the necessary vision. This necessary qualification is developed by the process of devotional service only, beginning with hearing about the Lord from the right sources. The Bhagavad Gita is one of the popular literatures which are generally heard, chanted, repeated, etc. by the people in general. 
But in spite of such hearing, sometimes it is experienced that the performer of such devotional service does not see the Lord eye to eye. The reason is that the first item, shravana, is very important. If hearing is from the right sources, it acts very quickly. Generally, people hear from unauthorized persons. Such unauthorized persons may be very learned by academic qualifications. They can be very smart people. But because they do not follow the principles of devotional service, hearing from them becomes a sheer waste of time. Sometimes the texts are interpreted fashionably to suit their own purposes. Therefore, first one should select a competent, bona fide speaker and then hear from him. When the hearing process is perfect and complete, the other processes become automatically perfect in their own way. There are different transcendental activities of the Lord and each and every one of them is competent to bestow, to give the desired result, provided the hearing process is perfect. In the Bhagavatam, the activities of the Lord begin from his dealings with the Pandavas. There are many other pastimes of the Lord in connection with his dealings with the Asuras and others. In the 10th canto, the sublime dealings with his conjugal associates, the gopis, as well as his married wives of Dvarka are mentioned. Since the Lord is absolute, there's no difference in the transcendental nature of each and every dealing of the Lord. But sometimes people in an unauthorized hearing process take more interest in hearing about his dealings with the gopis. Such an inclination indicates the lusty feelings of the hearer. So a bona fide speaker of the dealings of the Lord never indulges in such hearings. One must hear about the Lord from the very beginning, as in the Srimad Bhagavatam or, or other scriptures, and that will help the hearer attain perfection by progressive development. One should not, therefore, consider that his dealings with the Pandavas are less important than his dealings with the gopis. We must always remember that the Lord is always transcendental to all mundane attachment. In the above-mentioned dealings of the Lord, He is the hero in all circumstances. And hearing about Him, or about His devotees, or combatants, His enemies, is conducive to spiritual life. It is said that the Vedas and Puranas are all made to revive our lost relation with him. Hearing of all these scriptures is essential. Om Jnana Timuram Dasya Jnana Jnana Shalakaya 
Chakshurun militam tasmai shri gurave I was born in the darkest of ignorance and my spiritual master opened my eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. Because of his unlimited compassion and sacrifice to awaken the sleeping entities in this material world, I offer my respectful obeisances unto him. I'll just read the verse again. O Krishna, those who continuously hear, chant, and repeat your transcendental activities or take pleasure in others doing so certainly see your lotus feet, which alone can stop the repetition of birth and death. So, in context of the Bhagavatam, as I understand it correctly, Krishna is about to leave. Isn't that correct? Krishna is about to leave and go leave Ahastinapur. And as he's leaving, all of his devotees are like, no, please don't leave. And uh, before he leaves, they, they want to offer him prayers. So uh, Mother Kunti is um, stepping forward to offer her prayers in this moment. And um, here in this verse, she's saying um, uh, that by knowing about you, like Bhagavad Gita says, Janma Karma Chame Divyam, that by knowing about Krishna's activities, his name, his qualities, his form, his activities, this is the medium by which um, not only do we purify our heart, but as we're hearing in this verse, we purify our heart enough to be able to actually see him as he is, to become aware um, of his presence. As Prabhupada mentioned that there were many people that even when Krishna was present on this planet, they couldn't. They couldn't understand who he was. Bhagavad Gita sent fools to ride me when I descend to this planet because they don't understand. They can't. The curtain of Maya does not allow them to understand Krishna as the supreme personality of Godhead. What to speak of in our personal relationship with Him? So I want to talk a little bit more about that. The distinction. Be- between actually knowing Krishna's personality of Godhead and then actually knowing him in our own relationship. So I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But just um, this point in this verse that's being brought up that seeing Pashyanti, Krishna, O Krishna, those who continuously hear, chant, and repeat your transcendental activities or take pleasures and pleasure in others doing so, can see your lotus feet, which can stop the repetition of birth and death. So Prabhupada made it very clear that not everybody can understand Krishna, even if Krishna is standing in front of you. Um, and that process of being able to 
perceive pashyanti to be able to understand is the process of devotional service this is the only uh means by which we can um perceive krishna and this is explained uh very clearly in um bhakti rasamrita sindhu the nectar of devotion Here for you to reference Bhakti Rasam Rita Sindhu one two two thirty four Ata Sri Krishna Namadi Nabhaved Grahyamendrayai Sevan Muki Hijivadao Svayam Eva Spurat Yada. So Indriya are the senses uh Sevan Muki Seva the process of devotional service. Indriya Sevan Mukihi Jivado, the process of devotional service beginning with the jiva, the tongue. We, Prabhupada explains more clearly that we cannot perceive Krishna with our, quote, blunt material senses. Uh, in the first sentence here, the Supreme Lord Sri Krishna cannot be seen by our present conditional vision. Our senses are covered. They are conditioned. Uh, they are in the blunt, what Prabhupada says, the blunt status. Um, we cannot sometimes even see, I'm having trouble even just seeing these letters on the page without glasses. So our senses are very imperfect. Uh, in the conditional state of life, they're blunt. There, what what comes to mind when you hear that word blunt? Anybody want to say blunt? Dull, right? That's a good word for it. Our senses are very dull. We cannot really even see things as they are. So, indriyai, our senses, sevan muki hijivado, by the process of devotional service, beginning with the tongue. So I'll read the the English. No one can understand the transcendental nature of the name, form, quality, and pastimes of Sri Krishna through his materially contaminated senses. Only when one becomes spiritually saturated by transcendental service to the Lord are the transcendental name, form, quality, and pastimes of the Lord revealed to him. So there's a very special word here, saturated. So when we hear that word, think about what image comes to mind. Saturated. You might think of a sponge when you're washing dishes, you know, how it becomes saturated with the bubbly water. Uh, you might think about a rasagula becoming saturated with the sugar juice. Uh, it has to become absorbed. It has to actually permeate whatever the object is. Our existence, our senses, our who must become saturated. Only when one becomes spiritually saturated by transcendental service to the Lord are the transcendental name, form, quality, 
and pastimes of the Lord revealed to him. So this is the process of perceiving the Lord as he is. Um, it is devotional service. Now, you may say, well, you know, I'm doing some kind of devotional service. I'm, for myself, I can say, well, I've been doing this for a little while now, some number of years. Um, don't feel like I'm seeing Krishna very much. So uh, in the fourth canto, so again, that word saturate is very operative. That's an important word there. And also the quality of our devotional service. In the third canto of the Bhagavatam, Chapter 29, Kapila Muni explains to his mother, Devahuti, was putting questions before him. Uh, They're having a Bhagavat Sangha. And she asked him many questions. And he replied, she was asking, oh, when will the suffering end in this material world? It just feels like, uh, it's like waves on the ocean and Will there ever be any release from this, um, uh, you know, the waves of material existence? And her uh, son, who was an incarnation of the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself, Kapila Muni, he answered in a similar way. He said, well, um, you have to take up devotional service very seriously and continue, like this verse is saying here, uh, Abhikshna Shaha, continuously. Uh, Srinvanti Gayanti Grinanti Abhikshna Shaha. It continuously do devotional services. Uh, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu says, uh, um, to com- uh, completely satisfy the self, it has to be um, continuous and without interruption. Then you'll start to see some results. Um, so he's talking like that to his mother Devahuti, but here he he's explaining that there's even qualities of devotional service. We may come to the temple and do some devotional service, um, but also we should understand from a technical point of view, um, in the same way that we can be chanting, oh, Bhaktivinotakur says, yeah, even chanting of the holy name can be done in different levels. You might, as we're hearing, you know, the senses are materially contaminated, so even when we're uh, chanting, we can be chanting, and uh, there's levels of chanting the holy name, there's Nama there's Namaparad, Nama Bas, uh, and then there's Shudanam, uh, so Bhagavan Thakur explains we can just be literally just chanting an alphabet if there's no real substance behind it. Um, and then there's the clearing stage where we're starting to purify our senses and chant a little bit. And then, uh, you know, ultimately, so there are levels of devotional service, um, according to the modes of nature. So let's hear a little bit about that. So Kapila Muni says to his mother Devahuti, 
Utkapila, the personality of Godhead, replied, O noble lady, there are multifarious paths, there's different paths of devotional service in terms of the different qualities of the doer. Devotional service executed by a person who is envious, proud, violent, and angry, and who is a separatist, is considered to be in the mode of darkness. So it's still devotional service, but it's in the mode of darkness, it's in the mode of ignorance. Text 9. The worship of deities in the temple by a separatist with a motive for material enjoyment, fame, and opulence is devotion in the mode of passion. Text 10. When a devotee worships the Supreme Personality of Godhead and offers the results of his activities in order to free himself from the inebrities, things like dualities or goods and bads, from the inebrities of fruitive activities, his devotion is in the mode of goodness. Text 11. The manifestation of unadulterated, pure devotional service is exhibited when one's mind is at once attracted to hearing the transcendental name and qualities of the Supreme Personality of Godhead who is residing in everyone's heart just as the water of the Ganges flows naturally down towards the ocean. Such devotional ecstasy, uninterrupted by any material condition, flows towards the Supreme Lord. Actually, um, Kunti, in her prayers in this section that we're reading, she makes a similar analogy that she wants all material attachment and attraction to anyone else but him to kindly be removed and that her affection for Krishna and attraction for doing service to him may flow like the river Ganges towards him. So it's a very appropriate analogy. And it brings us to this next point a deeper point, more confidential point that Prabhupada is touching on in this purport. In the third sentence of the purport, in the second sentence, what is that point? One has to change his present vision by developing a different condition of life full of spontaneous love. So this um, topic of spontaneous love and devotional service uh, is actually a little bit confidential. Um, and here in this verse also, Kapila Muni is, 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 is pointing towards this mode of devotional service. He's explaining that there are devotion, that there is devotional service in the modes of nature, goodness, passion, and ignorance. But transcendental to the modes and devotional service that is transcendental to the modes 
is characterized by spontaneous attraction, spontaneous love. And this is um, the next level of devotional service, you could say. Um, it is something that is still done as sadhana. It's still a, a, a particular kind of practice. There's two kinds of sadhana. There's vaidhi sadhana and there's there is spontaneous sadhana. Um, but it's it's a it's a different mode, shall we say. I wouldn't say level, it's a mode. It's a different mode of devotional service. Um, and it's characterized by attraction. Um, in plain terms, when one is practicing spontaneous devotional service, um, he actually has a taste or enjoys the service itself. Um, there's a natural attraction for doing the service. It's not a chore. Um, and... This is spoken more in the Nectar of Devotion, chapter 15. Uh, there's, a, there's two whole chapters entitled Spontaneous Devotional Service that we can learn more about. What is it? How is it characterized? So I'll just read a little bit from that chapter, Nectar of Devotion. Sri Rupa Goswami has defined... Spontaneous uh, devotional service as attraction for something while completely absorbed in thoughts of it. So again, there's that absorption that is being uh, pointed to here in today's Bhagavatam verse about, um, uh, where is the word? Oh, continuously. Read it. Oh, that was in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, actually. Becoming absorbed. Atashi Krishna Namadi, this verse. That, um, becoming saturated wasn't the Bhagavatam verse. Sorry, it was the Atashi Krishna Namadi. That our senses are only able to perceive Krishna when they're absorbed, when they're saturated in devotional service. So further along this line, we're hearing about spontaneous devotional service. Uh, and Rupa Goswami has defined this as an attraction for something while completely absorbed in thoughts of it with an intense desire of love. Devotional service executed with such feelings of spontaneous love is called Raganuga Bhakti. Devotional service under the heading, um, oh sorry, yeah, let me go a little further down. Okay, there's two different kinds. He's saying that there is um, in practice and then, of course, in the stage of perfection. The attraction of the gopis for Krishna and the affection of the members of the Yadu dynasty 
are both accepted as spontaneous or raganuga. So here we're reading about Mother Kunti. She's um, and the Pandavas. They are in the Yadu dynasty, and they are on this level of raganuga bhakti, as Prabhupada is saying in the in the purport here to Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. The attraction of Kamsa to Krishna in fear and the attraction of Shishupal in envy are not accepted as devotional service, however, because their attitudes are not favorable. Right. Because, because as Rupa Goswami is saying, being absorbed in the thought of Krishna with the intense feeling of love, so that's why Kamsa or Shishupal or other demons who were also obsessed with Krishna they're not technically considered Raganuga Bhaktas because the second characteristic of that Raganuga is that you're absorbed in that, but it's with the intense feeling of love. Right. So because they're not favorable, they're not considered Raganuga Bhaktas. Devotional service should be executed, executed only in a favorable frame of mind. Therefore, according to Srila Rupa Goswami, such attractions are not considered to be in devotional service. Again, he analyzes the affection of the yadus. If it is on the platform of friendship, then it is spontaneous love. But if it is on the platform of regulative principles, then it is not. And only when affection comes to the platform of spontaneous love is it counted in the category of pure devotional service. There may be some difficulty in understanding that both the gopis and kamsa achieved the same goal. So this point should be clearly understood because the attitudes of kamsa and shishupal were different from that of the gopis. Right, because someone may say, well, how is it possible that demons go to the spiritual world? Um, but there is a difference. There is a difference, and that's because this um, raganuga, the spontaneous love, it, that feeling of that feeling of relationship has to be there. And that brings us to the next point, that, okay, now, Let's kind of recap. There's devotional service in the modes of nature, goodness, passion, ignorance. There's transcendental devotional service. And now we're coming to the uh, point of spontaneous devotional service, which has the added component of relationship. So let's try to understand that a little bit more. We have to actually develop our individual personal relationship with Krishna in through which we offer the service to him. And this Prabhupada, um, Prabhupada talks about this, and this is a book that I'm pulling from another one of his short books called On the Way to Krishna. Every one of us is searching after happiness but we do not know what real happiness is. We see so much advertised about happiness, but practically speaking, we see so few hap- um, we see so few people who are actually satisfied. This is because so few people know that the platform of real happiness is beyond temporary things. 
Happiness is generally perceived through our senses. A stone, for instance, has no senses and cannot perceive happiness and distress. Developed consciousness can perceive happiness and distress more intensely. In this way, there are different degrees of happiness. Yet of all of them, Bhagavad Gita, Krishna tells Arjuna and Bhagavad Gita that we enjoy transcendental happiness uh, through transcendental senses. Coming to this point of having, uh, here it is. I think I got off the point a little bit there. That was, um, that was from the verse bringing up this point that smaranti nandanti tavehi tam jana, that uh, coming back to the verse, those who continuously hear, chant, and repeat your transcendental activities or take pleasure in others doing so, in the verse, the, the, the Sanskrit is nandanti, taking pleasure. So this is part of that... Um, higher level of devotional service, again, that it's no longer a chore when somebody's on the spontaneous mode. It, it actually, that person is deriving pleasure out of the devotional service to Krishna in a particular relationship with him. So this nandanti, so Prabhupada was just fortifying Fortifying that point that human life is actually meant for this kind of happiness. Animal life, plant life has its own satisfactions and temporary happiness. But human life is meant for achieving a more subtle, more sublime, uh, higher, different mode of happiness. And this comes once we purify our senses. Now... The happiness no longer comes through the senses, through contact of the senses with objects, as it does inwardly, as Bhagavad Gita is saying, that um, within, the happiness comes within. Um, the yogi enjoys happiness from within. So what is the manner of that happiness? Uh, the impersonalist can say, well, huh, um, that understanding that I am spirit soul, I am eternal, but in devotional service, what is the basis of that inward happiness is the relationship with Krishna, that one is constantly finding reciprocation throughout their daily life with Krishna and, and, and relishing that and taking pleasure in that. So... This is a little bit more confidential, and it, it really springs from this spontaneous mode of devotional service when one is living and acting in that relationship with Krishna. Um, and I'll just read one more thing uh, in regards to that and then give you all a chance to speak. Um, and this is from Srimad Bhagavatam 11.3.32. That we can kind of get a better picture of what it looks like when a devotee is acting in spontaneous love with Krishna. So 
11.332 translation. Having achieved the love of Godhead, the devotees sometimes weep loudly, absorbed, there's that word again, saturated, absorbed, absorbed in thought of the infallible Lord. Sometimes they laugh, feel great pleasure, speak out loud to the Lord, dance or sing. Such devotees having transcended material conditional life sometimes imitate the Supreme by acting out his pastimes and sometimes achieving his personal audience. They remain peaceful and silent. Just read a a few paragraphs in the purport because it's very beautiful. Srila Vishwanatha Chakravarti Thakur has explained the symptoms of love of Godhead. Rudanti, the devotees cry, thinking, another day is past and still I could not obtain Krishna. Then what will I do? Where will I go? From who shall I inquire? And who can possibly help me reach Krishna? Asanti, it is late at night, the sky is dark, and Krishna is determined to steal from the house of one of the elderly gopis. Makanchor Krishna. He is hiding underneath a tree in the corner of the courtyard belonging to one of the cowherd men. Although Krishna thinks he is completely concealed, he suddenly hears a voice from one of the elderly members of the family. Who are you there? Who are you, I say? Thus Krishna has been caught, and he begins to run from the courtyard. When this humorous scene is revealed to the devotee, the devotee begins to laugh heartily. Nandanti. This is the same word that was in the verse today. So this is another perspective of that Sanskrit word, nandanti, take pleasure. When Krishna actually reveals his transcendental form to the devotee, the devotee experiences the highest transcendental bliss. Vadanti. The devotee says to the Lord, O Krishna, after so many days I have finally achieved you. When all of the devotee's senses are absorbed, I think we've heard that word five times this morning in different verses. When all of the devotee's senses are absorbed in Sri Krishna, the devotee has successfully transcended the material condition of life. This is indicated by the word alaukika. Alaukika, or the transcendental platform, is explained by the Lord in Bhagavad Gita 14.26. I'm not going to go further with it because I don't want to get too far off the point. So let me just recap kind of the main points of the verse today and we'll see what else there is. I'll just read the verse one more time. O Krishna, 
Those who continuously hear, chant, and repeat your transcendental activities, or take pleasure in others doing so, certainly see your lotus feet, which alone can stop the repetition, birth, and death. And then we made this point about how the senses are so blunt that we can't see Krishna in our present condition, that we need to purify our senses by the process of pure devotional service or spontaneous devotional service. And that in that practice of spontaneous devotional service, one recovers or remembers his lost relationship with Krishna and experiences the highest uh, happiness. So I'll just stop there, and if anyone wants to reflect or add or subtract. You've been here, though. Why don't you say something? Thank you. So Prabhu was making the point that um, something came up for him that this aspect of trying to force devotional service that uh, he uh, it feels it more conducive to be open to the experience and receive um, receive Krishna's mercy maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, as a as a means of doing devotional service, it's nice, nice reflection. Anyone else want to say anything? Yes. So Prabhu is asking the question that this is a very appropriate topic of forcing devotional service and what can we do when we are feeling pressure from people that we respect as um, as uh, as our elders, as people that we look up to that to force us to do something we may not feel we can do in the moment? It's a good question. Yeah, I'm just, I'm going back to my own experiences when I've been in that situation, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think. Because there's one thing, I mean, there's one thing, because now I live outside of the temple and I just come and I do service, you know, periodically. Um, but there was a time when I was living as a as a monk, as a renounced person, and I was kind of under that um, structure. You know, I was under that structure where I was kind of in a position of responsibility 
Sometimes I had to do it even if I wasn't feeling it. Um, what I've learned from my experiences of feeling it, because, yeah, like I was mentioning, it shouldn't be a chore. You know, spontaneous love means that you're doing something with a feeling of attraction, that I want to do this, this is not a chore for me, and I, I, I'm offering it with a good... Um, mood and and in relationship to you krishna and i guess that's really what it comes down to you know is is developing our relationship with krishna because personally i've had a lot of bad experiences with devotees <laughs> and i kind of just learned that not to see it as the individual but to see it as krishna speaking to me you know, that, okay, Krishna, what do you want to say to me through this person? What are you trying to tell me here? You know, and and when I do that, it kind of releases a little bit of the pressure because I'm not really looking so much for the result. I'm just thinking, okay, I have something to learn here. Whether or not I do this service in this moment or not is not even relevant. I'm supposed to be learning something here. So I think that's that could be part of it, you know, that we're looking for, we're, we're conditioned to seeing the result of something as opposed to the process. Because in the ultimate sense, we want to do whatever we're doing for Krishna. Yeah. Krishna, I can't do this service for you right now. I'm just not able. Pro. Excuse me, Prabhupada said, even by desiring to do a service that is service, Krishna, I want to do the service, but I just, I'm, I'm unable to, I can't. So, both two cents about that. Anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Prabhu is saying here that he has an experience that um, he came before, he, he he was having a moment where he realized that his devotional service wasn't so affectionate towards Krishna, so his guru said, well, try something, try just going before Krishna and and expressing it. Like we were just reading that sometimes the devotees go, they, they talk out loud to Krishna, this is actually a part of, Devotional service is to go talk out, talk out loud to Krishna. One of the symptoms. So Prabhu is saying that he did that for a while, and he he found some reciprocation that that Krishna actually reciprocated with him, um, simply by that practice of trying to trying to develop his affection for Krishna. So, yeah. Well, did you want to say something? No? No? Well, thank you very much, everybody, for listening and giving me the opportunity to purify myself. Shantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki.